You are listening to When Veins Meet Like Rivers. Katinik Ukizata Madawan. The podcast expanding on the meaning and behind the scenes creation of the exhibit by the same name, hosted by the plugin ICA. It's a podcast about survival, desire, and kinship. It's about the places where we crash and flow into each other. It's about how and what we resist and submit to. I hope that you enjoy our offerings. So we're here today with um, Kite. Dana Danger, myself a Sinayak, and joined with us today is Allison Yearwood. I think uh, I didn't meet you until we started on this project, and I met you on a video call, and I uh, was sussing you out, <laughs> trying to figure out what was what the deal was, and uh, I only got good vibes. <laughs> But I think Dana actually met you first. That's true. We met like a good maybe year or so before that uh, planning. It was before the great panini of twenty <laughs> yeah <laughs> of twenty nineteen. Because we had to ca- we had been planning uh, kinship medicines with Yaz Morgan, uh, all two spirit. Indigiqueer, Indigenous queer, inclusive um, residency, and I got to know Allison's voice very well, um, and also knew I was so excited to work with you, Allison, because you really advocated for me and Yaz and like what our needs were, because sometimes they don't always like line up with um, what you know with that people are that are developing the programs. You know, they're if they're not two spirit, or if, if sometimes if they don't fall into different, you know, um, categories of understanding, certain perspectives, and all that. You know, sometimes it's hard because you want to bend yourself to the institution. You're so grateful to be in that space, and you don't want to kind of like ruffle anything. <laughs> like I said, maybe people don't want to ruffle stuff. I definitely want to ruffle <laughs> feathers always. Um, just pluck them right out of the skin, and <laughs> it's a good metaphor. So I just remember. You know, just having feelings about that and just um, feeling very supported by you. And so when uh, Sinayak brought us into this circle, into this um, collaboration, uh, I was like really on board with it. And I remember you asking, like, how is Allison? I was like, oh, Allison's the best. Because there was so many cackles, like me <laughs> and Allison were always cackling. So I was like, this is this. She prairie. She's so prairie. And she knows. She'd get down with it. This is Black and Indigenous solidarity, okay? Okay, I, yeah, I should stop making symbols and like, <laughs> lashing like almost gang singles like, in the corner over here um, and actually talk with my mouth. Like, I am like probably one of the loudest people and like now I'm the quietest right now. There's a mic in front of me. It's like, ooh, what do I do? Um, yeah, no, it was amazing meeting you. Well, never meeting you because we did it all remotely. And it was, you were so gentle with me and Renalta because Renalta Arluk, the director of indigenous um, programming at the Banff Center, um, you were so kind to like not 
humiliate us as we were fumbling and trying to be like, how do we do this respectfully? Mm -hmm. And uh, it just took us a long time. The best way to do it respectfully was to get out of your way. (laughs) So I think so much of like the work that I I get to do now is like, oh, I got to go. I got to get out of the way. Um, And then um, I just remember being so excited when the two of you were like, oh, and you're going to get to work with Kite because I had known Kite's work from working at the BAM Center and um, intersecting with Kite through my friendship with uh, Nikki Little um, being amazing. And I was just like, okay, so I get to have like a trifecta of magic, like, and of just humans that just, for me, are seeing it in such a real way and talking about it, doing the good work, not really waiting or waiting for invitation to make it happen, but making it Mm -hmm. happen and being so careful and conscientious and kind. And and, uh, I always have to acknowledge the fact that the three of you believed in me when it was a time of crisis, really. Like a lot of the artists had jumped ship. You know, how I came into uh, my role was controversial, of course. I'm Allison. <laughs> how else would I come in through the door? Not quietly, not calmly, um, but kicking it through and saying, hey, boo boo, I'm here. So I was here, but and a lot of people went over there. And <laughs> the three of you trusted me to kind of say, okay, we can't do what we thought we were going to do because things have changed and we actually have more that we can put to it. Like it was actually like a Cineax piece first with the responses from Kite and Dana, which was really interesting. Like I was like, oh, I love this idea. But then I was like, but we have a whole gallery. Do you think it could spread out to being like all of you? But I didn't want to take away from the you shine. And it was so much kindness and care and i think it really speaks to the the three of your friendships of like um how you make space for one another and i think it's always a question or at least it's a question that comes up to me is like how do you make space and like you're such a big personality and i mean the three of you are big personalities and then we have adrian who did the adrian heard who did the beautiful essay and they are also a big personality and i think People think when women and non-binary people are strong and very convicted in their voice that we also are somewhat aggressive. But I think there isn't, an, like when you look at um, a Cineac's piece, Cradling River piece, there's no aggression, but there's definitely presence. And I guess that that seems to embody who a Cineac actually is as a human being. <laughs> Um, And and I'm just, um, I guess I'll start with the first kind of like really query I wanted to really ask the three of you now that we're sitting like actually in a reflective moment was how did this process feel for each of you? Because this process was not the process for anyone who believes this is how art curate or curation goes and how we put art on the walls. We did not do it any way that anyone I think is doing, (laughs) is trying to do, is wanting to do, is writing about doing, or is educating us others in doing. So how do we feel as armchair linebackers on this right now? Like, how do we feel? Do do we feel like it was a job done or do we feel like we made a hill of a mess? I'll jump in first. I just wanted to, I was thinking, I was on the way here and um, this week and I 
had to deal with a call from another museum, another institution, uh, art place in the U.S. And um, it's like the whole time I've been working with uh, you, Allison, with Plugin, and with the two um, other artists, I was having to work, I was working collaboratively on a sort of like evil twin of this project which makes it so abundantly clear it actually made it more clear the more we went through of how different this was and actually how um like i was totally distrustful of this process at the beginning i was like i believe dana and, and my friends met someone like they're in but like i was like there's no way there's got to be some good catch to like uh, care <laughs> you know like because we're very used to there there is always a catch and and there's some trade-off or there's some place where the buck stops or where they or where care ends um and so I kept like waiting for that to happen <laughs> um not because of you but just because of like the way that the art world is run and and so when I was on the way here, um, I was arguing with another institution about paying an invoice. Um, I was arguing with them about just like paying accommodations. Um, I was feeling used as like an indigenous woman, and I was and I felt and I felt like betrayed that I brought in um, like a queer elder to a project, and um, and I was like, uh, and and the whole time I was like. Um, I'm used to being treated poorly by institutions and I always expect and the work is sometimes about the failure of institution and so that so much of my work is about the failure of institution and it's um, so helpful and maybe maybe like like you're just like spoiling us too much because now we're gonna like actually expect respect and um, in the future it, I mean, for real though, because I was listening to and this other, these other people talk to me, and I was like, no, like I deserve like kind of basic respect, and beyond that, I deserve like care. And I think that, um, you know, in my and I was like, I can't believe it takes. Um, I I I don't want to think that it's like a racial thing that because you understand what we have to deal with that you can you can come and meet those needs. Um, I hope that other people can also do that. I, and, but um, I haven't really seen that very often. The only time, like it's, it's really, that's what's awesome about Winnipeg too, um, is that it's full of like people who like, I don't know, I'm not from Winnipeg, so I, maybe I have a nice sweet version of it in my mind, but it's full of my friends who are like sweet, giving, caring, like people. And it's kind of mind blowing actually, because, you know, spending time in New York and LA, there's like zero care, only taking um, from, from institutions. So yeah, that was my whole spiel. So I wanted to thank you so much for how much you've helped me. Dana or Asiniak? Well, that was like, even at the bar when we were talking about that, like, it was kind of like one of those pinch me, I'm dreaming moments, because you're like, because I remember you asking, they're like, this is so opposite of like what I'm dealing with. Like, how is this even real, you know, um, to be supported in this way? I feel like, um, you know, like we've been doing doing this through a pandemic. We've been doing this through a pandemic, okay? 
which is wild. And I know that we've had fluctuating ca uh, capacities and all of that. And yet, um, and you know, there's times when the communication good was good and, you know, and deadlines have passed and things have been wild in that way, but yet, um, it's taught me so at the very at the very least it's taught me so much about how i actually want to like work with others and like what that expectation actually is and like how to come correct in those ways and it's and it's just so nice to be able to try out these different models and to be so you know even if things you know didn't quite align in the ways that we had hoped or things like that that i um it, you know, which I don't actually, you know, I just want to acknowledge that because you just never know. It's all the stuff that's unspoken that we're still processing it because we're still in it. But just like, okay, wow, this is what I would have done different. But damn, I've never had this uh, possibility to even experience this. That I was like, this is what I would love to do, to be so taken care of and to be so trusted, even though, you know, like I was saying, this is like such a milestone for me. I really always wanted to get into the plug-in. And then I was always thinking, I'm like, oh, I should have done it this way or I could have done it this way or these sort of things. But the the care to to fumble through that, to not always have my shit together and to like understand, um, to not be judged so harshly on that, to be held, to be carried, but then also to be talked to when it like, you know, when when I needed to speak up or when I needed to clarify things or when I needed to communicate and to be held in that, that's what collaboration is. And like really good collaborations, um, you should be able to, you know, speak to that truth. And then you really got to examine that if it's, if it doesn't feel as possible, not in a bad way, like you, that you should be doing something elsewhere, but just to notice that when it comes up and I've noticed that I'm like, wow, okay, this is when I could have shown up in a different way. And perhaps this is how I would like to do things. But so nice to be able to think that rather than just like living through that anxiety of like not being good enough for the institution and just to be accepted of like where you're at and that where you're at is also like phenomenal. Yeah, I feel that a lot too, because of course, like when we were kind of starting this process in the summer, it was like a very difficult time to exists <laughs> mm -hmm. and whenever like we were like at capacity there was so much trust that even if we could only reach out and speak to you Allison every once in a while there was so much trust that it, everything would happen and even up until this moment like it's like Kite said like you kind of wonder sometimes like when will when will the care run out when will the trust stop and it's just like it hasn't and now I don't feel like it will <laughs> took a while <laughs> I got there I'm like oh this is like this trust is here like we're making something and you have that for us and you like never expect to have a trust like that from institution you always like one kind of feel like a little bad kid who's not doing their homework like I said mm -hmm. earlier <laughs> And um, so it is that like being treated like a human who <laughs> has feelings and can meet capacity and there can be like a period, like a space of grace for, for that understanding. And um, that's the biggest gift of this exhibition. So thank you so much for that. Oh my gosh. Like my pleasure. Um, no, really, it was um, because there was 
like a considerable amount of silence. And I know it was anxiety inducing for, I would want to say the, the traditionals around me who are like, well, this isn't here and this isn't like this. And, and so much of, I feel like the labor of people who are racialized and working in galleries is our code switching. Cause we're constantly having to like, mm -hmm. be like we're back with our crew, but we're in front of now the white booze. And it, it's, you know, you've got to think about things like pet to threat and it's all about not wanting to be someone's novelty. And um, for me, uh, when, all of you speak about the amount of care that you were provided with. For me, it was like, well, it was protection because I didn't want there to be tokenistic ideas about the work we were creating. I didn't want people to think, oh, it's cute, like an indigenous interchange, you know, because mm -hmm. of the summer that we have gone through, um, both of our communities, we have been massively on display and massively um, under demand. We've been massively um, requested on to do more labor. And I wanted the three of you to have your space. I wanted you to live and be able to work. And I guess when we talk about silence, I think sometimes fear is a synonym that kind of comes into silence. And I wonder, because we were so silent in so much of our creation, do, how do you think we acknowledged the fear? Or how do you think we, because the fear is not present in the work. It is not. So I'm curious to see, I'm curious to hear your, the three other perspectives here on like, how did you mitigate the fear or how did you almost turn it into trust? Because all of you do not know me. You know each other more than you know me. You knew that I was moving from BAM Center Institution into plug-in institution. And I guess it was kind of, how did you trust a Black woman who could have been another cog in the wheel to be actually a sister from a different mister? <laughs> 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 because I think this is like kind of what Canada wants to know is like, how are the Indigenous and the Black folk you know, stolen people on stolen land. How are we going to further these narratives? Because we want to hold each other up, but we don't want to take each other over. And 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 I I think we did that. I think so. <laughs> I think like the second that um first of all because like we were introduced in a way that was like someone else kind of brought me in and so i was just expecting that you wouldn't want to work with me so the second that i like asked you i was like well do you want my artwork here and you were like yes i was like oh okay and then i was like do any of my friends know you and dana knew you and like you work with dana and yes it's like you know and like they only had good things to say so it's like as soon as as soon as your kin say like thumbs up it's like, okay, yep. I fucks with you. <laughs> yeah, it's the vouch because that's what it was. Like I was like so excited when I was asked that because that was like, like I have like that, that direct experience where I felt so held, even though me and Allison only ever really talked on the phone, you know, I'd be walking home and be asking these things like about the title, about this, about that. And I remember having to state, you know, being like, I'm really uncomfortable with how we're like we're naming this or how like we want to be perceived and identified, you know, and and then for Allison to hear me, that was when I was like, okay, you're listening and you're gonna, you know, um, and you're gonna carry that, even though I know that's hard to do when you're like 
in a place of discomfort and it's not like it's a bad thing. It's just like when you actually need to have your truth heard, does the other person hear it and then respect it and actually yeah. um, hold it instead of being like, I hear what you're saying, but we're just going to go with this instead, you know, and that's not what happened. And that's why I was like full steam ahead. Like we're actually able to talk about our yeses. We're, ta- we're able to talk about our yeses, not yeah. just our nos. It's like for me, it's like when you can talk about your yeses, that that's the thing. And then I was like, it was easy for me to give that vouch. I knew, especially because of like the position that uh, you were in also, Allison, I knew that you did have a lot more to say than the, you know what I mean? Cause uh, it like, um, then you know what I mean? It's like King shit. So it's like, you're on the, you know what I mean? So from what I understood, like all of the directors from plugin, like have a lot of like, pa- like power in that way to be able to say yes or no. And so then I was like, okay, if, if you, that's how hard you wrote for me then, like, I feel very good about how this ride is going to go from here. And I could say that with confidence to both of you. Um, without a doubt that we can trust this person, you know? And I think going through this process, I would say that one one of your superpowers is listening. You're so good at listening and hearing and acting on it. Like like your listening turns into actions that are like, and that's like, that's what you trust someone on. It's their actions, right? And throughout this process, your actions have been have been there to only grow more trust and that's how like through this process how like i guess any fear has been completely demolished (laughs) and conquered and yeah that's definitely that's that's it (laughs) yeah i guess i just i'm curious to know like because like the power you speak to dana i guess Mm -hmm. i want to know like how do i use the influence and then shake it up because right like we don't want this to be oh that was a great experience 10 years ago hey remember when we did that one show and it was so good and it was so caring and we never ever did anything close to that ever again and no one ever tried to replicate it ever again um how how do you think we can offer the ways in like that for folks? Um, you know, I'm very into publications and, and like a very, I love methodology. And I think that in looking at, I've looked at arts methodologies a lot and I would love to see, um, it would, I've seen it in other organizations like in film being like, okay, these are our protocols. These are like the bottom line. Um, and we've seen it around money, you know, with Carfax, but I don't think we've seen it around like um, at like the way we turn listening into action, um, and the way curators can do that. And like, I think it'd be great if this these long conversations, um, if maybe somebody would write about what happened here, like. And I'm I I love like charts and like really simplified <laughs> graphics. And be like it's like not even because what you're doing here and what ha- what transpired isn't that complicated. It's a series of it's a series of values that are translated into protocols and and that you know that you're going you you have a bottom line way you're going to treat people and then 
um, things are going to go a certain way. And it's, it's a framework of, it's like a framework of, of decision-making and, and like, uh, there's a lot of curators out there in the world and even facilitators, just event facilitators that um, could do with a nice slow walkthrough of what, what that actually means in practice, especially at, at, an, at an extreme moment in um, trying to do events and trying to produce anything. Thank you. I, I'm wondering if I can ask a follow-up. Do you think that the trust that you were provided affected the affected the work in any significant way? Do, or do you think that you stayed pretty, like, no, not really? Or do you think the ability to have your voice heard and to be held, do you think that it created a more vulnerable piece, a more intimate piece? Do you feel like folks got a little bit more extra sauce on it because you were able to kind of feel like I can give a little bit extra or do you feel like you might have put too much on the plate and now you almost want to retract some of that back because that intimacy got too intimate? I think that that's a really hard one to know but I think that I'm really happy with the work that I made. It's epic <laughs> it is and i think that it was definitely possible because of the circumstances like i think that like being rushed or not trusted changes changes things to what degree i think is so hard to say but i just know that i was able to like walk into the space say what i what i was imagining have um if there was any worries or anything have them said to me and i don't know it was just like i think like one of the things i believe is that working with people doesn't have to be hard like i've been in working situations where you're like not yelling but like you know like clearly not having a good time and i've said to people like you know like it doesn't have to be hard you can i don't <laughs> you cannot make it hard and i felt like like that's one of the things that i feel like when when like things when relationships get like really fraught and when like egos kind of like start colliding to me okay okay i think i have it <laughs> so to me it's like that's what can like really like ruin a work for me it's like when there's all this like ugly tension going on in the making of it that like changes the energy of the work and i think that like having trust to me i don't know if it makes the work more vulnerable but it doesn't put all this negative tension and energy into it that's how I would say there was a difference in that creation wise. Yeah, because a lot of the stuff that came out in my work was very much like in the moment, maybe mere weeks, like a few days before I was literally mixing to the day, like the sound, the experience. But that was what was so important about it is it had to be something that I was actually feeling and experiencing and that I knew that I was going to take this journey and it was going to be hard. But I really like I'm so grateful now because I have all of these um, memories and visuals and sounds and 
um, with actual kin and going back to those spaces and trying to map out like two spirit ways in which we love each other really is always what my work comes down to is just trying to show kin that there is um, that there are visuals for us there's ways um, that our stories are important even if they're how do we visibilize those you know the the trust and the respect and thinking about like um, collab you know working with the working based off of your piece and then even like our collaboration as act like bounding it from there of um you know of of how i carry that wherever i go and that's why i really wanted to record sound and all that because i could have done something else but this was just like a leap where i wanted to really try to do something that was completely out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. and you know and it felt good because like we were all kind of doing something that felt you know, good, but I like to have that framework because, you know, I was brought in, you know, because of you. And so I really wanted to honor, honor that trust, you know, and to see what came of that, you know, and really work with stuff that I haven't uh, worked before, worked with before. And just that limitation, you know, because that artwork, you know, I collected medicine, I got to see a friend that's going through really difficult health situation and I was able to actually like honor that person because I don't know when I'm going to see them again and just noticing how art opens up so much um, space for me to be vulnerable and experience intimacy with other two-spirit people and other kin like um, this was such a great visual like the most ideal vehicle to make art ever really because you know there was a lot of trust that had to happen and a lot of like me not knowing you know, stuff just even came to be when I got there. Like there was no sort of plan. Um, and that can really freak people out, you know, of course, because you're just like, well, what the heck is going in this gallery, you know? Um, and so I know that a lot of institutions that doesn't usually fly, you know, like it's really going to be conceptualized. It's really got to be fleshed out. And for me, it's my work is so much about process these days of like, it's not the end goal, it's how do we get there? And how do I show that? And still and you know, and have something at the end. Because even these little conversations, I realized that I was like carrying so much anxiety, because like, even say, when I wanted to ask you to, to tie me up, but I spent like weeks before I actually even uttered it to you, you know, <laughs> Um, and I was there like, there was no way I could have said no. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like, ah, uh, you know, but it was okay. If you said no, that would have been okay. I would have yeah. figured it out. I know there's a little bit of that pressure there. And that's something I have to look at too, is like when we're asking for consent and those things, how much time do we actually give for people that doesn't feel like coercive or, you know, how do we not still do those things, you know? And so even myself, I have to reexamine it. I'm very grateful that you said yes and that you trusted me and that you wanted to do that and it was even better than i fu like fucking imagined like the fact that there's an like you gave me an unchastity belt and then you unchastity belted all of my antlers together <laughs> i was like whoa you know i knew you were perfect you know to do this job you know because you had little you had some little help some little help from over the oceans and just to kind of like be like, no, you can do this, you know, you can definitely make this happen. And it was really nice to be able to share that too. Uh, you know, and there was some stuff that just like never worked out. We had these ideal things that we were going to be at the confluence and do all that. And then 
yeah, the disappointment of like when certain things don't happen and like, are we still connected? Are we still good kin to each other? You know, when those like important moments don't happen too. So trying to be at peace and okay with certain things when they don't flesh out. But then all of the amazing stuff that was there. Like I just loved <laughs> the the setting up of Kite's piece because Kite wasn't even there. And these interns had spent so much time and then they got like kicked over and then they had to go back. And you know, and just all of that of how they're how everything's gonna live in the, the space together too. Yeah, you just gotta be fearless. Really. You just have it's like just trusting your gut. This exhibition really taught me that yeah. and that when I was when I actually spoke up there was there was support there was like you know there was and there was guidance if it couldn't if that couldn't happen it yeah. wasn't like a hard no or I didn't feel any shame about not being able to come correct in the ways that I always wanted to too uh, yeah I think that was one of the big things of the of the trust was like because it was a really hard time I'm like a perfectionist and I like want to always come correct and it's like sometimes you just can't <laughs> and like in in this situation I felt no shame when I couldn't come like exactly the way that I would always want myself to and it like really was able to give me the room to like be like okay I don't have to freak out <laughs> it's okay sometimes like you know I don't always have to be exactly like exactly on time or exactly whatever it is <laughs> it, it will still be okay and there's still people who will have like patience and care for me yeah i think with the i think i'm still like on the fence about my piece um with the with the sound because it's like very and very very intimate um, conversation and and I tried to edit out anything that I really wasn't comfortable with but I but then I had to take the leap and be like you know in like I, Winnipeg is very city very similar to Rapid City to me and to Oklahoma they're they're just they're just it's just Indian country and 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 that <laughs> treaty one and, what up? <laughs> for sure is and so it's just the chances of people listening to these, like, to me are very groundbreaking connections um, that haven't been elucidated in an art, in art way. Like, um, I was like, okay, I, I can do that here because it's this city and it's this group of people. Um, and it's like, I don't think I'll ever screen this piece because I think I don't, want it to like get out there too much um yeah and and i and but but like i think i really don't think if it was another group show or something i would have done it i would have let it go i think i would have cut everything out because in the piece iron road it, i asked the question i asked my um my family was about just, just tell me the story of um our uh grandma iron road like escaping wounded me but then it turned into this thing where they needed to tell me about their relationships with sacred stones. Um, and which was like my dream to hear that. But then I had to decide whether that was meant for this artwork. And um, yeah, so 
it was a big decision. It was like, and I'm still like, oh, I hope it's okay. Like, I hope I don't lose control of the safety of this piece um, because it is super important to me. But, but then the other thing is like once the, once the piece was on, was being formed and I realized that um, a cineast was going to do me this insane, insanely beautiful help and get these stones, which I know was like a simple thing for you maybe because you're like, oh, I'm from my rocks to the beach. But like, that's like a huge difference in the piece it's like goes from being anonymous rocks to like intimate rocks and then like mm-hmm. it like it's all of our place making like incarnate it's crazy um but once that happened i was like oh I, and the, the piece existed so I, i've made like four more versions since then i said like, can't stop making rock sculptures now because i'm like this is like, this is like a thing. Like, this is like, it's like a, it's alive. It's got, I always say this about pieces that are like, like work, but like, it's got legs. Like it's, got, it's going, 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 but it like, yeah. But it, um, and it's amazing because I hadn't seen it in person till like the other day and seeing it in person, it's like, <laughs> you all took so much more care <laughs> piece than I would have ever in a million years. I'm not a detail oriented person. I did a version of this and I did, I did a version of this in New York, like a really quick one. And I, what I did was I dumped the rocks on the floor and like slid them into place. And like, I, like, li- I lined them up with cardboard and just like literally in like, I did it in like 15 minutes. Um, it was mm. insane. And it looks ridiculous in comparison in person. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, but seeing it care- like well cared for and yeah, those are my, those are my like, Kind of the decision-making fork that I had reached with in terms of trust. It was a pleasure to get you those stones. <laughs> I got you like two big like ice cream buckets full, and I had no idea of how many we would need, and we needed like just like the top ones. <laughs> <laughs> Bronwyn and Mackenzie um, have a great memory of. Uh, installing your stones on the floor. They've, they now have a skill set of how to put pebbles into amazing, um, intricate sculpture pieces. So um, thank you for helping them have that skill. <laughs> With tweezers, like they were Seriously, so delicate. They were like cause... on their knees, like we had to get them cushions because they were like just hunched over, like just carefully placing. And like, they would be like, Allison, can you just get her kite to look at like what we're doing and make sure that she's comfortable? And I'm like, okay. like, And it was literally like iPhone pictures over like, their heads being like, okay, I guess this will write. And it's like, yeah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. And it was just, yeah. And yeah, I remember the heartbreak when a cord went through. Oh my <laughs> God. The, that was so funny though, because like we went through and I like, one of the preps fixed it. And I like looked at it and I was like, no. 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 So I was like, I, I went to the interns. I'm like, you guys have to fix it. <laughs> Seriously. And then the prep's like, what? It's fine. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> Once you see how it, I'm like all the care. You can just see like all the care, and then this kind of like, like it just, you know what I mean? That's what. And I was like, no. <laughs> so true. It's so true. And I'm glad Dana that you brought up um, what was left kind of 
off the show and like what didn't make it to bear because there were other activities and other pieces that we wanted to we talked about we showed intention towards and i think it kind of connects to what kite was saying about like how much we hold back how much we share because this that i mean so i feel like so much went out into that show but i'm not sure how much the audience receives of that and i guess i'd love to hear from the three of you is like, what do you want that that viewer to kind of feel and being held in your piece and being suspended? Because I will tell you when people, like the audience would work through the two gallery spaces, if they started with a Cineac's piece and went into Kite and Dana's space, sometimes they would bounce back because it was so intense <laughs> from what was happening in your spaces. And they would just go, they would like literally go and stand in a Cineac space and be like, Okay. <laughs> and it was almost like they had to have like another attempt in but if they came through your spaces first and then ended up in a cineax piece it, you could feel like they were almost like confrontational coming out of your spaces and then coming in like allowing kind of a cineax um piece for lack of a better word cradle them and wash them kind of through and there was just this con like beautiful continuity and you could see like how folks were like oh, and having like these very visceral moments with these um, very, when you kind of look at it at, from a faraway viewpoint, you think very disparate pieces, but when you get into them and you have the intimacy of the sound and the intimacy of the smells, and even it was Kite and Dana's piece, your, your room is literally hot. It's a warmer room physically. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's this kind of like submission to taking off your clothes in, in the space because now we're in winter time. Yes. It's like you kind of, peel off and you see a cineac appear on the screen and you're like wait a minute that person's wearing the piece from the other room and and, and just having people have that experience of going oh, wait a minute wait a minute yeah <laughs> and then actually having people wonder about the five stones in your piece relating to the stones in kite's piece and mm -hmm. just people finding make either either creating easter eggs or i don't know if the three of you are going to now divulge that these were easter eggs <laughs> I think they might have been. No, we decided. No, we, we totally did. We decided. talked about it. Yeah, we, we did. did, didn't we? And I didn't bring a rock. I was supposed to bring a rock from um, my home, and I didn't do it because I forgot. And as soon as I like got to town, I was like, "Big mistake." <laughs> no, but it was there. It was like in the the prints. Like it was. Yeah, yeah. There, the they were there, whether it, whether they were physical or not. Like I just see in the. The piece that comes down, there's that's the water, and the stones are all there. Wow! You know yeah, I mean, I mean the rocks are what I, I mean. I'm the the rocks are what connected me to the water because I had because it took me. I, I didn't even realize until after I produced the video that there was so much water in my piece. Um, I just yeah, there's I just, a lot. There's I forgot that there was so much. I just would I just was taking a film of my home, not not like not trying to capture all the water, but then when we were doing it, I was like, oh my God, there's a lot of water here. <laughs> um, and yeah, but no, but with, with they, I mean, I, 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 I mean, there's so many things that we didn't get to do, but they were really extreme ideas too. And, yeah. um, but I'm sure we'll get to do them in the future, like writing a song together yeah. near, near water, we'll do it. Um, and like the, but I'm so glad that we all have the, the rocks and like sort of 
river rocks and not river rocks, however they may be, but but the, the rocks all ground are, are all grounded in this territory. I think that's kind of yeah great about the rocks of Dana's piece and and since it's any collected the ones it's like nice triangulation stuff. The I am I am the one thing I I am sad that I didn't get to do because I couldn't come was I didn't get to try this like crazy sound experiment I wanted to try. And that is like my big sadness of, of not being able to come because it was like would have been so crazy. But um but I wanna I wanna do it soon. But it, in the end I think to answer your question, um the what what doesn't get divulged the reason we did I'm glad we did the podcast because in the end this is an extremely dense, rich mm-hmm. artifact. Um, yeah yeah because yeah, a lot of it was really chance like there was rocks the, the grandfathers the Michelmishnikmas from Lori's uh, Gloria Blondeau's piece those rocks I saw them we were all I remember we were sitting in the in the kind of loading area because we had to because there's no private space to actually talk in there and we were having <laughs> we were having some private conversations <laughs> And here are these rocks just sitting there. And while we're having this conversation, I just ADHD kicks in and I just start grabbing them and taking them. And I'm like, nope, these are, these gotta be in here. Cause Allison said they were Lori's rocks. And I was like, oh, well, why are they just like left here? Like they need to, you know, they need to come. So they need to come to be with the pieces. And also because in high tanning, we often do that. We use the stones mm-hmm. all the time to hold the, hold the frames in place and everything so it worked out perfectly like there was rocks from the confluence where me and jeffrey did the where the north and south thompson rivers meets in shaquemek uh, territory um because jeffrey mcneil seymour is from there and we did a we did a performance for uh two spirit man and woman do a like um a performance for the salmon so we did a ceremony for them to bring them back into the you know river so i was able to visit that place went to other water all the way, like, you know, off the highway of in West Vancouver and stuff like that. And um, was able to get rocks from there. Like one that actually poked me in the butt and it was like so nice and smooth. So I just took it with me, you know? So I was like really thinking about the journey and what that meant. Maybe it means nothing to anybody else, but it means something to me and to have all of those there and to even it was like gathering for ceremony. It reminded me of all the different times that I've gone out to crown land with my mom and we just like load up the truck with just rocks and making sure you don't get limestone because then it will explode in your face in the sweat lodge and the danger of it and like knowing what rocks are good and which ones we need to leave in the ground. Yeah, wow, I did not know that about limestone. Yeah, yeah don't know limestone so in the sweat lodge. That's don't so crazy because the other, pe- other rock piece I just made it's only made of Texas limestone and it's a brute. It's like a brutal. So this is like a delicate, like, like gift of, of story. The other piece is like a brutalist, hardcore, <laughs> anti-institutional, like it's a, it's a story is instead of the story of my grand, like great grandmother, it's a story of like the failure of institutions. Um, and it's like, that's so great. But, Cause I would love the limestone to go in the gallery. <laughs> Heat it up. 
Okay, well, I think we're kind of coming to the end time of our conversation, but not the end time of our relationship or our fun together. Um, I definitely feel like my work with the three of you is definitely unfinished. So I know that there's more intersection, there's more work. Um, I'm really proud and honored that I get to hold this space with you. I get to hold this this moment with you. Um, I now feel kind of imprinted on like all three of you and like how you go off into the universe and I know that you have someone that is always kind of I'm here if you need me but I'll let you fly because you don't ever <laughs> seem to need me <laughs> but um yeah this has been one of the best um exercises and projects I've done to date I'm really happy that I got to do it with the three of you this is a comma not a period and I really hope that the audience really um, understands that you can um, break the mold without breaking the person. So I think um, with that, I'd like to thank Scott from Collective Broadcast for holding us and doing all the back and behind the scene things. Because what we should always remember is the person you see in here has a team behind them. So take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for... Um having us and thank you to my friends for going on this journey with me and um yep <laughs> thank you everyone for holding each other and ourselves together well for all, I, i'm this is this has been the best the it's it's really i really it's been the best experience and the worst circumstances. <laughs> so that's pretty amazing to me. So thank you all. Bye. <laughs> when Danes Meet Like Rivers is hosted and recorded by Asinayak, Dana Danger, and Kite. Additional guests on this episode include Allison Yearwood. Our intro and outro song is an original score produced by Kite. Podcast art by Asinayak. This podcast is presented by Plugin Institute of Contemporary Art. You can find a link to the plugin website in our show notes. We are produced by Collective Broadcast Co., an artist-run collective specializing in tech and live stream solutions. You can find the link to their website in our show notes. Special thanks to Julie Negum for giving us access to the Abijijuan New Media Lab at University of Winnipeg. This episode is supported by Plugin ICA's generous donors, including the Director's Circle, Canada Council for the Arts, the Manitoba Arts Council, the Winnipeg Arts Council, and MB150. It's a great day to be Indigenous. Bama peace. <laughs>